Jack and Mel weigh in. Bingo! Hello, 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 welcome to Jack and Mel's Super Out MMA Show. Today we have a jam-packed show for you. First time we have two UFC fighters joining us. One UFC Hall of Famer and former UFC light heavyweight champion of the world, Forrest Griffin, who was very generous with his time. We talked about all kinds of things, uh, elite mindset, um, how could he compete uh, if he was if he was in his prime? Could he compete still in the UFC, or has the competition level exceeded him? Uh, and we're joined by the wonderful Johnny Walker as well. So, how's it going, Mel? Good, fighting off stir craziness, one week at a time. I know it's it's not great, is it? No, got uh, bought myself Doom, not the new Doom. But the one for me a couple of years ago, the the stay yeah, it's of, pretty good. Stay of off boredom, yeah, it's it's pretty fun. Um, just holding out for that. Uh, there's a couple of good games coming out this week. Resi Three, Final yep. Fantasy Seven remake, yep. Doom Eternal. Did you see um, the news that uh, was it Modern Warfare Remaster Two or something's out? Oh, is it? Didn't yeah. even hear this. Only on the PS4. It's out in the Xbox soon. So we are actually just off a call with Forrest Griffin. Cool guy, Hall of Famer, light heavyweight champion, all-round lovely guy. Super grateful for him coming on. Um, was was just great to chat to him. His insight was just tremendous. We were talking to him about mindset. You'll hear it in the interview coming up, but you sort of said to me there as well, like I was getting like goosebumps, I was getting pumped up. Made like, me want to yes. fight right now. Yeah, made me want to fight. Like, oh, just, just flip this table. <laughs> uh, it was it was brilliant to have him on. So very very grateful for him giving up his time. Um, so yes, that interview is to come shortly. So we just thought with uh, all the isolation madness that uh, all of you would appreciate some wonderful MMA content. So just thought we'd shoot the shit a bit about what's going on in MMA right now. And um, you know, obviously, John Jones we found out did not get jail. Boo. Boo. Something we actually probably should have talked to Forrest Griffin about, but uh, oh yeah, well. well. Um, um, you know, what are your thoughts on that? He's got a pretty darn good lawyer. Um, I just don't get it. Anywhere else, I suppose we're thinking about it from, you know, our law system, that if he did that over here, he would for sure be in jail. Um, yeah. But talking to a few people on Twitter, they were like, nah, it's par for the course. It's bizarre to me that you can fire a gun off and yeah. sort of not really have that be an issue because I saw people saying that the felony was potentially the OWI and not the um not the not the gun and you're kind of going um I thought I suppose maybe that's just the difference in like our culture and American culture that you know obviously guns are more far more commonplace in America whereas like you are in serious shit to even possess here yeah but even at that you know i would have assumed but yeah it just seems mental that you can just just pop a gun off pop a gun off yeah you know like that's the bit that shocks me it's like i get that they have especially while intoxicated it seems but that's that's what yeah. i mean i mean i get that in you know most of america or possibly all in fact it is all isn't it because that's their amendments i get that they're allowed to have weapons but you know, you would have thought that some of the stipulations would perhaps involve yeah. not being drunk in charge of a weapon. You know, if you're not allowed to be drunk in charge of a car... Yeah, but you're fine with this gun. Yeah, but it's it. fine if you shot that gun off. Don't worry about that. You know, it's sweet. It's yeah. okay. We know the shell casing's about somewhere. We know you fired it, but I wouldn't worry too much, you know? It just doesn't it, understand, but it's okay because his daughter's dyslexic. Yeah, it's it's crazy how he, he manages to get away with it. And I think I actually said on... Um, we were on... Uh, we were actually on a, our friend's podcast, the Not Another Fightcast podcast, so go check that out if uh, if you're needing some more podcasts. But I think we talked about it there and sort of said that the thing with jail for John Jones is that, like, I'm not a fan of anybody going to jail, but not sending him to jail hasn't worked. Yeah, but it just, it's not, there's no incentive to change. He's nearly above the law, or so it would seem at this point, you know, like what's it going to take for him to you know how badly does he have to fuck up before there's a change made you know he seems to be surrounded by yes men or the same crew he always has been um from you know accounts of other fighters who've left jackson's it's all about john there you know they don't care as long as they're getting the checks signed 
it just seems like seems just like a really unhealthy environment for him you know and if he is struggling with substance abuse issues or addiction you know i mean that's shit for anybody it, however it doesn't pardon your behavior um but man it just sounds like that guy needs not even now but has needed for a long time some drastic changes in his life like maybe he just needs to get the frig out of new mexico and go somewhere else and like refocus not just training and mma but like his life just needs to get his shit together yeah it, it definitely sounds like that a change of scenery is maybe no bad thing and it actually there's a point that i was talking about uh on on our friends podcast there were you know i'm actually quite surprised and maybe they do and we just don't know about it but i'd be surprised if the ufc pi don't have a psychologist a counselor a rehabilitation specialist because you know john jones not the only guy in ufc that's had addiction issues oh yeah you know um i think there's there's quite a high percentage of of guys not when i say high percentage i don't mean like you know 90 but Hmm. you know more than than average uh average joes anyway uh, do seem to be involved in in um in incidents you know i mean you know, if you look at even Stefan Bonner as an example of an ex-UFC guy... Well, the that, one know, they could... always bring into it is those three dreaded letters of CTE. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, mix that with... Cocaine will, and alcohol. Well, dudes and... will be on... You know, it's, well, you're talking about retired fighters. Bodies are broken, pain meds, things to help numb, you know, and then we talk about, like I said to you off air, like imagine what john jones is going to be like and do when he doesn't have the adrenaline rush of active mma competition anymore like what the hell is he going to do to fill that void if this is what he's doing while he's in it yeah yeah no absolutely um the other news floating around at the minute i suppose really revolves around the uh tony and habib stuff where it's looking like that fight is off um which because habib's scared bro I know, like I, I, I you're gonna me trigger mad. me. You're no, no, I'm, the, I'm the exact same. Like I've wanted to respond to every single one I see on Twitter, but I have withheld. Like, come on, man. People are it's, calling for him to be stripped. I know it's ridiculous. It's a worldwide pandemic, and well, you know, your thoughts on it aside, and like that is the way it is. He has gone home. If you were working away and you had the chance to go home to be closer to your family while this was happening, while countries are locked down all around the world, you would take it. And from all accounts, the UFC haven't given him a location. I think he was told Abu Dhabi, he went there, was refused entry, and he went home, you know. And as of today, I think, on his Instagram story, he was saying, Dana keeps saying we've got a location, 100% we've got a location, but he hasn't told me where it is. So, like, I think there's just a bit of everything going on everything and it's maneuvering and people being played off each other in the media and i just think it's just kind of sad and like this just highlights why you know what the best option probably would have just been to delay this and do it a couple of months down the line when hopefully everything's back to some level of normal yeah i didn't understand why they wouldn't have just postponed i mean even when you look online at the the polls on twitter and and on you know uh, facebook and whatever everyone wanted it postponed you know and like we've waited what five years plus for this fight like we could have waited a few months like it's the people like people who are actually buying into a narrative that habib is scared he is 28 and oh he's the lightweight champion of the world these people are not scared of each other. I mean, you'll hear it in, when we're talking with uh, Forrest Griffin later. Fear, you know, an element of fear is a good thing, but it's not how we perceive it. You know, it's not like... He's, it's not sitting shaking in your boots. Yeah, like, oh, I'm, I'm avoiding him. I'm fleeing the country to avoid him. Like, these guys are the elite. They want to fight each other. Yeah. It's just, it's just dumb people and dumb people who haven't fought or don't get it. It's sort of like, it's just bro jock nonsense, you know? It yeah. sort of epitomizes all that is wrong with MMA fandom. Like, you. Well, uh, I do wonder, like. Very I mean, much irritates me. On on Twitter, um, the, the MMA Twitter is a weird and wonderful place. You know, some of the smartest people in. Or smartest, you know, Jew public like us um, that have opinions are on there. 
and did the converse some of the dumbest as well and it's weird because there's like little like cults and cliques and like if you're pro tony there's no other narrative other than he's gonna he's gonna end khabib yeah and if you speak out you just slated it and on you know people are unfollowing each other over this and you know and it's it's so bizarre because like there's people that like israel adesanya he is the chosen one and if you even so much as say like oh i wouldn't favor him against you know insert yeah. fighter it's you know you get effed at and blinded at and it it baffles my mind that people can't just have healthy conversation on on twitter there are many people that can and do and it's nice to you know like we had i had a conversation with a guy last night about the the weidman silver fight and who who would have um who would have won mm-hmm. and uh you know it was actually it was a at snow dragon underscore who uh who listens to the show and interacts with us quite a lot and i think they posted a or she posted a thing you know saying that uh you know weidman would get beaten by silva in the first match if that went over and the guy sort of chimed in and sort of said you know i respectfully disagree and you know presented an argument and i was like i'd need to rewatch the fight you know you could yeah. be right um but i remembered you know blah 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 and it was nice to just have a dialogue with someone that that's kind of the point just I mean, respectful it's supposed to sort of be what twitter is but i mean yeah. it's like we all like well don't we all forget but we sort of selectively forget sometimes that just as a whole people are generally pretty shit and if there's things like that we will ruin them to an extent but i i do enjoy twitter and half the time sure it's just trolling anyway yeah there's a lot of that like side a lot note of that. speaking of weidman silva i said to you earlier now is the time book the third one yeah yeah no that that's a that's a perfect fight and it makes total sense yeah total sense um speaking of which actually uh did you see what did you see i was going to say something but i've completely forgotten what it was doesn't matter uh to carry on with this there is a worrying diatribe at the minute that this fight could still go ahead do you think there's any chance no i don't i did not even this fight this card is not happening like the time keeps moving forward we don't where are they going to do it how are they going to get all these fighters there how are they going to get them medically checked how are they going to get a commission to pass this wherever it is so that it's not an absolute joke um they're cutting their nose off to spite their face here because i see lots of talk that they're going to put justin gaethje in against tony justin gaethje could very well beat tony and then you've given up the big fight for something in an empty warehouse in the arse end of nowhere just how to, dare you nobody will beat it. tony that's true he is unbeatable that's the narrative that a lot of people have out there and here's the problem tony you know how to beat tony you can beat him on the feet it's oh yeah just, for some, it's, like, i re- i really enjoy tony his fights are super entertaining he's so high skilled he is and could be the best lightweight in the world now i personally think he'll be when they fight will beat him same but there's definitely an argument on of how tony could win but tony is a guy who has taken a lot of damage and he's nearly he's more heralded for like his ability to come back from the brink yeah um, it's his scrambling and, and his but that recovery is, but that is an ability which will run out eventually yeah. all those guys who oh well their chin's amazing the vault you know they always survive there'll come a point where they're not dead yeah 100 percent. yeah so there is no bouncing back um, he's he's gonna get sparked out there's there's no two ways about it like yeah it would happen down the line um, and that, I like I'm not a big Conor McGregor fan as a as a person. I'm a fan of him as a fighter, but I'm certainly not a fanboy. Um, but like that, that's a guy there at lightweight who could give Tony all sorts of trouble. Um, a relentless, accurate power striker causes Tony lots of trouble. Yeah, um, I think that Dustin Poirier's also yeah. Been, yeah been knocked around. Um, he stands a chance. The, the thing with with Poirier is that his wrestling I think is underrated Mm. Um, and then people look at the Khabib fight and use that to sort of say you know which is ridiculous in itself because that's the best MMA grappler arguably in the history yeah he's absolutely phenomenal and people forget that you know when you compare like Connor did great in some ways in that his defensive wrestling was excellent you know 
he still ultimately got smashed, beaten, and you and I predicted that and predict uh, that the same thing would happen again. Mm-hmm. But I think that Connor deserves some credit in his defensive wrestling. Uh, but the thing is that you could look at the Poirier fight, and I've seen people try this where they're like, "Look how quickly he got rid of Poirier." That means Connor is a better wrestler than you know Poirier, and it's like, no, it means yeah. that means that defensively, uh, for for defensive wrestling, that Connor might arguably be better. Yeah, and I, I would believe that because Connor's game is quite similar to um, like Wonder Boy, where it's you know kick, couple of combinations, clinch against the defense. All he wants to do is turn you. And yeah. back off, you know. He he's not interested in really engaging in those uh, in those exchanges. He he's more in, interested in getting at the game back to his uh, his remit, which is his striking. So, you know, that's a guy who's drilled a shit ton of takedown defense his entire career. You know, in in Connor. Um, so Tony's not going to take him down. I wouldn't have thought. I no, think what no, could but happen- this you know everyone goes elbows from the bottom. I just think it's a different sort of grappling. And I know we've talked about this many, many times that MMA math doesn't work. And it doesn't, but it does highlight certain discrepancies or certain paths to victory. Um, and if you go back and watch Kevin Lee versus Tony, now Kevin Lee, as we've discussed, is currently not an elite fighter at lightweight. No. Um, he's top 10. And he gave Tony all kinds of nightmares in that first round. Um, and you think of what how more advanced Habib is, and it's a slightly different grappling style, granted. But I think Habib's grappling style is worse because he ties you up. There isn't this room to move to get elbows off from the bottom. To get those elbows off from the bottom, you essentially need like a loose open guard or someone happy to sit in your guard. And Habib doesn't do that. He just passes, you know, laces the legs takes away all space you know it's suffocating and that's how it gets people and yeah and people are like oh he'll he'll shoot right into a darse it's like good friggin luck yeah good luck tapping yeah habib now do you believe the legend from aka that uh he's that never. he's never been tapped it's hard to say i would like i would doubt it you know like someone in there is bound to have got him with something like even the bigger guy you know like he's i'm sure he's ruled with like people like luke rockhold you know i'm pretty sure they'll probably have caught him with something but like it just adds in he's just this mystical figure at this point you know yeah well i i think i think that you're right i think that there's probably very little chance that he's never been tapped especially when you look at the guys that he's in there with as you said like you know he's in there with luke rockhold yeah and daniel cormier and you know you'd have to imagine that that he has been at some stage plus on top of that in training it doesn't really matter you know that's kind of what it's for you know yeah um, it's a weird i always love when people are like that it's like, yeah, tap, i know i know him sorry it's my phone there um yeah i know it's like it's, that matters <laughs> i know right like it counts for something yeah. but uh you know we also uh we also train BJJ and like he, he get tapped all the time you know not even necessarily by people who are better than you sometimes but you, you know? could like I feel like I could go into BJJ as a you know like we're, we're nothing we're white belts but as large larger men than the larger than the average man mm-hmm. if you if your whole goal was I'm not going to get tapped you could probably keep it going for a good while yeah, but just you don't, shut it down. Yeah, but you don't learn and you don't get better and you're not taking chances to, you know, implement new techniques and stuff like that. So ultimately, I, I just think that's bravado. I'm sure he's, he's like, he's probably been tapped. You could count it on one hand, but for never, uh, I doubt. Yeah, no, no, true. That's That would be what I would be inclined to believe as well. Um, Do you think that we will see this fight rescheduled? Yes when i don't know it really depends like everything's in flux at the minute you know there's there's no deadlines you know things are just playing out so realistically you know if it ends in the next couple of weeks big international fight week card in the summer 
if it drags on a bit more, you could be looking at October sort of time. You know, anything beyond that, like, you really couldn't predict because if things continue in this vein, nothing's going to be happening, so... Yeah, um, it's a shame that we we had to lose the the card, but you know I ultimately, and we said this in the last podcast, I ultimately think that we should just scrap them and just you know keep moving forward and bring us some super cards. Like that's well, yeah, that's I think all that's they the need way, to do. Way to go, just condense it all in. Like it's shit and it sucks not having fights to watch. But part of my enjoyment of fights now, I could sit and watch fights by myself, no problem. I mean, that's great. But part of the pay per view experience i suppose is that you know like we get together groups of friends get together you get food you make a night of it you know and we can't do that at the minute anyway so do i really want to see the most anticipated fight in years in an empty arena somewhere with new fans sitting by myself in the middle of the night in my living room no i'll I'll take it if you know if that's the only option but I'd rather just fair not to. Well, I'd rather just you know what, stick it back a month or two. We get the hangout. We'll make a big night of it. Pizza, chicken wings. Pizza, chicken wings. Make you know whole song and dance of it. It just see the uh, California State Athletic Commission's cancelled all combat sports events for May. Um, so you know the UFC's lost another event. Um, that was announced I think today. Um, it's the right call though. Uh, speaking of actually fights we're we're missing, uh, did you see Valentina Shevchenko's injured on the out of the Joanne Calderwood fight? I did, but it'll same again. It'll just get pushed back. Like the whole. Well, it was still. Push- it was in June though, so the I think. And the I unfortunate- even still, like you know, when when we sort of get back to normal with these hopefully super cards, really condensed cards, it'll just slot in somewhere else. I see that uh, Holloway and Volkanovski's also off. Yes, yeah, but again... Although, saying that, um, I can't, I don't know what date it is currently, 3rd of April, so like I'm still reeling from not taking any MMA news seriously for the last few days, just in case. You see, uh, thirsty lady Paige Van Zandt has literally been... She's been annoying the piss out of me for a long time on social media, but... She just needs to get, get the ditties out. I don't even have any interest in seeing that. But that's where it's going. It's just, it's so, like, it's it's so desperate for attention, it's sad. Um, But people, you know, the majority of the male fan base will give it a pass because she's an attractive woman. I just don't understand. Well, A, I don't, I don't see that. I don't, I don't think she's unattractive, but I don't, she wouldn't be my type, um, to be honest. But, I just don't understand why. Like, why not? Why not? It's an attention you know, thing, man. It's but that's so depressing because her husband's in on it as well. Like, yeah, but he's like, <laughs> it's hard to say with him. It's it's not a good look. No, it's not. It is definitely not a good look. Um, but it makes me sad that that's what they're doing. That's that's how they're choosing to use their time. Well, it makes me s- sad that they're that desperate for attention off strangers. More yeah. so than anything, it's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> like, oh, right, just it's the way it's a weird discussion must be had at some point. But like, you know, what we should do today, we should do some naked cooking photos because, oh, you know, those we- people we don't know on the internet, they'll love it and then we'll feel validated because we'll get loads of likes, <laughs> yeah, when ultimately that's all they are. But that's what I mean, it'll likes. keep it'll keep escalating. What are we going to do tomorrow to get more likes? Well, I think we should probably get the Forrest Griffin interview under uh, underway for you lovely listeners. Would you reckon, Mel? Yeah, pop it yeah, off. Let's like do a it. John Jones drive-by. So this was us speaking to Forrest Griffin. Uh, great guy. Go follow him on all of his social media. He is hilarious, insightful, um, and was very, very generous with his time. So enjoy. Yeah, What's good night. up, guys? Welcome to the Super Rad MMA podcast. I am not your host, Forrest Griffin, but I am <laughs> your host, Mel and Brad, did I get that right? Jack, Jack, Jack. but close, close yeah. enough. You can call me whatever, whatever you want for us. That's yeah. absolutely fine. Sorry, um, so, we're all friends now too. I'm, I'm blowing it here. Oh, absolutely, I'm delighted. Um, so, mm-hmm. Forrest, you fought in Belfast in 2007. Um, yes, fortunately. Yeah, uh, that's we're we're not far from Belfast. Did you uh, enjoy our horrible weather? 
it was I it was nice when I went there. I must have caught it on a on an off yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I, I must have caught the good week, I guess. Yeah. How yeah? Uh, how's retirement life treating you? Well, retirement from fighting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, retiring from your sport you love sucks, but um, you know, I've worked now more than I ever did. My poor wife thought I was retiring. She thought it'd be, you know, spend more time at home, have some projects, whatever. Now I'm working, working, working. And, you know, that's the thing about, you know, MMA athletes, right? Most of us are going to retire into our second profession, into our second job, our next great yeah. passion, you know? Uh, it's a funny thing being a professional athlete, right? Because you, you're on a clock and you don't know when it's going to end, but it is going to end. And most of us will not make enough to, you know, see ourselves to 59 and a half retirement, whatever. So you have to figure out how to turn the skills and the relationships you learned into uh, something you can monetize later in your life. Well, you you uh, retired on arguably slightly on the younger side. Um, yeah. Has there ever been a point that you've been tempted to come back? Obviously, probably not now you're set up, but, yeah. you know, was there ever a time after you retired where you considered it? Um, yeah, yeah, I was doing, uh, I was doing some foot drills, some rehab, but a buddy of mine, physical therapist with some high school kids. And I was thinking, man, I might be all right. And then, uh, my knee popped again <laughs> shortly after. So yeah, I don't, um, you know, yeah, let me put it this way. I did not plan on retiring. I thought I still had a whole second act, you know, I thought, all right, I hit the bottom. Now I'm going to climb back up and give one more go you know i thought i had another two or three years for sure dad you uh, are one of the well i suppose quite a few people at this stage but one of the luckiest men alive because you had the amazing job of being able to punch tito ortiz in the face many yeah. many times i can only say i wish i'd done it much better yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what do you think the uh, competition levels like now um obviously you you've been around the sport for yeah so long now um and you're working closely with the athletes what what have you seen now compared to um, there's no, yeah there's no boxing adage talent goes with the money and and popularity is right mma is a more popular sport than it was i was a pretty good athlete for when i got into mma but the level of athleticism the level of things that kids come in knowing the years they spend training not just wrestling or taekwondo or kickboxing or something but they, they, a lot of them have spent years training mixed martial arts in in its whole so that's uh it's just a better level of competition and this is the newest sport right so that's why yeah. the the athletes will grow they continue to get better more people like francis and ghana will be exposed to the sport that they never heard of it mm-hmm. you know you're seeing this with like a guy like walt williams a guy that's you know maybe you know potential NBA or NFL guy that says, hey, you know what? I could be a mid-tier defensive end in the NFL, maybe get my two, three years in, retire out, or maybe I can be a UFC star, right? Yeah. Yeah. So do you feel that the competition level now is much higher than it was? Yes. So if we had a time machine, we bring prime Forrest Griffin into yeah. the FC light heavyweight division now. Where do you see yourself slotting in? Not great. Not great. <laughs> you know, I, I'm older now, so I look at more as matchups, right? There's a couple guys I would match up with decently, but, you know, the the, the overall market competition has gotten much higher. You mm-hmm. were an early adopter of leg kicks in, in MMA, you know, and you, I think at one stage, had a record for most leg kicks in a three-round fight. Um, are you pleased to see them becoming more prevalent in the UFC because well, it seems to be heavier it, than ever. It's the calf kick, right? Yeah, um, it seems to have changed. The calf kick is, is really so the great thing about the calf kick is you think about your range. If I can kick you in the thigh, there's a good chance you can lean in and touch me with a punch, right? Mm-hmm. But kicking you in the calf, you're really, I, I've created that extra little space where you can't touch me with that punch. So it's a great it, it you know if you set it up correctly it's relatively risk three free and then the other thing is the foot jab or people call it oblique kick i don't know why but it's just the, the knee stomp um oh i hate that one uh, yeah I hate that one that's a rough one man as someone or, with knee injuries keep, i'm keep keep your knees bent guys don't don't ever stand 
flat-footed, straight-legged, you're in trouble. The uh, the UFC obviously is in a, a weird spiral right now with uh, you know the coronavirus and you know they're, yeah. they're scrambling to put a card together and there yeah, seems to be a big UFC. I would say it's the world of sports. True, true, and um, the UFC in particular seem to be the ones who are not letting it go at the moment because there's a obviously a cry out for sport. Um, well, see, think about it. They have an advantage, right? It only takes really two people, third a ref. Everybody else can do their job virtually or remotely, right? Yeah. You don't technically have to have judges there, right? You right. can have judges in a third place or removed, you know, watching it on film. Uh, how many of us feel like we can judge the fights and know more than the judges that watched it live? And, you know, maybe they were influenced by the crowd or they looked away at the wrong moment or something. Or I was watching it on my TV and I had the best angle. So, you know, maybe there's something to that. I don't know if the commission would go for that. But you can really, if you kind of dissect it and, you know, deconstruct it, you can take a lot away. Um, you know, think about your first fights. You would have gotten in a fight. It would just been you and somebody else. There was no crowd initially. A crowd probably came when they saw two people fighting if it lasts mm -hmm. for any length of time. But for the most part, you know, they need two people and then a ref to make sure, you know, that's no one, no one gets killed. Yeah. yeah. So, so you uh, you were obviously on The Ultimate Fighter as well as coached it. Yeah. Which was more fun? <sighs> you know, I don't know. They were both kind of fun and they were both kind of hard <laughs> they, they both had a lot of value i'll say more than fun they were both very valuable experiences and um having to coach that first ultimate fighter i coached made me a better coach cornerman than you know i wasn't looking to do that at the time i was you know holistically uh, concerned with myself and improving myself mm. as a fighter and that made me kind of step take a step back and really made me a better training partner and you know coach and, and i was very thankful for it after having done it but in the midst of it you're thinking man i just want to fight or just do this why didn't they do that you know it becomes actually um you know difficult i'd say in that moment to do i think mel and i had actually spoken off air and uh, mel you'd you'd said about forest coaching you yeah i was just wondering i know you've got the role at the performance institute but i was just wondering if um you'd any interest in sort of a more traditional mma like head coach role you know looking at maybe your own gym or own team down the line no 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 so i've kind of done that a little bit um you know i've, I've assisted in that that is a, that's a tough life man and you think about my friends now that do that i have a lot of friends that do not do that now they uh you know it's not something they can do virtually, right? You can't hold pads virtually. You can't, you know, I saw uh, Rafael Cordero having some students spar and he was, you know, watching it on film, giving them notes. But, you know, there's only so much of that you can do in the day, right? Yeah. Where, you know, when you're coaching, you can coach 20 people. And it's just, you know, it's a tough way to make your living. It really is. You got to you got to travel, you leave, you know, you, you go out with your fighter maybe Wednesday and you, you leave your other, the rest of your team and you got to, you know, you know, you a lot of lost weekends. And the, the thing, my, my least favorite thing about coaching and coring was the sitting and the waiting. Waiting is the worst of it because you get, you got to get there like two o'clock. You're just sitting there yeah, riding in a van, waiting on your guy to do some idiots, do this, to do that. It's just, honestly, it's just mind-numbingly boring well one one thing that we always uh, ask um any of the fighters that we have on um we mel and i both took part in a, uh, a novice mma fights purely because when we had the podcast we we didn't want to be two guys who had zero insight into you know the the workings of what it's actually right. like to fight now you guys have the one percent insight you know like 100 percent if the so one of the things that I find particularly difficult, particularly for my second fight, was the, the mindset. Oh, no, no, no. I, the wake cut was actually okay for me, but uh, Mel here he has to uh, oh, cut the yeah. cut to make heavyweight, so uh, he's yeah, a big boy. <laughs> uh, I I'm I'm your division. Um, I'm I'm light heavyweight. Um, but it was just a quick question in regards to mindset and how you were able to throughout your career continue that. You know, you obviously can't go into a fight 
feeling like you're not going to win. Yeah. How did you manage to, to so balance my, that mindset? mindset that's, that's actually something that I'm trying to read a lot, learn about right now. So, you know, um, some people need kind of that space. Some people don't. I put it like this. At the end of the day, you want to go in there. You want to know two things. Did I do everything I could in my power to win the fight and do I deep down I will not quit on myself in there that's all you really have to know right again it's like the Lord's Prayer or whatever you can only control what's in your control and you can't stress too much about the rest um, there's uh, you know there's all kinds of things you can do be it breathing be it you know focus drills you know you 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 got to stay in the moment on the task at hand right there's 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 so much good literature that I've been reading recently that comes to mind I put it like this here's Here's what you want to do. You want to start your camp and you want to watch your opponent, you know, kind of, hey, you should be a little afraid. When you're eight weeks out, you're watching your opponent, you're watching for a month, and then you develop the game plan on how to beat that opponent. And then you transfer away from watching film of that opponent to thinking about your game plan, to doing everything in that moment to uh, win that fight. And, and some fighters, for, for them, they might even need to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to work on the underhook on the wall today. So that when I'm in a fight with such and such on that date, I will beat them. And that's the way they set their intention and start practice. Um, and then, you know, you, you think about it. One of, one of the tricks I always used was the night before a fight, you're doing hot baths or the week of the fight, right? You're going to do some hot baths, some, some sauna stuff. I would sit in the hot baths and I would never vocalize my fears and worries. I would never say them aloud. I would sit in the hot bath. I would think about all, I would let the negative thoughts come because, because they will, if you don't guard against them, they'll come. And I would say, you know, it's hot, it sucks. I, and then I would pop the drain and I would watch all those negative thoughts. Try to visually watch the negative thoughts go down the drain. And then you take a cool, refreshing shower and then you positively visualize. You see yourself walking out, you see your hands raised, you know. I thought it was so dumb. The coaches at the end of practice, run around with your hands up. You want, you want, get in your head, you want. I thought it was so dumb at the time, but now I kind of get it more. And then, you know, the, the day of the fight, you kind of, you're going to go through your routine. You know what a routine is? Routine makes the extraordinary ordinary, right? So you, you ever see the movie Hoosiers? Uh, no, I haven't. It's a great movie. I mean, you know, America, if you're into American college or high school basketball. But yep. the, the concept is that no matter where you are, the octagon's 30 feet. It, the opponent, the matting, it doesn't change that much, right? So you're going to mm. control for what you can. Maybe there's altitude, maybe there's not. Um, but you want to control for what you can, and then you go in there, and it's the same sport. It's the same warm-up. So something I found later in my career was um, I had this big, elongated warm-up that, that allowed me to get mentally in tuned, and it required more space than I would have on the actual event. So I was like, look, I'm going to have two squares of mat. I need to come up with a warm-up, pre-fight warm-up that we can do in two squares of mats because I can't just run around. I don't have 50 foot of mat like I do in my home gym when I warm up. And then, you know, you see fighters play the song before that hard sparring. Something I like to do early in my career is I would drive two hours to Atlanta and I would box at a boxing gym where I didn't know anybody, you know? And, and I literally think, man, if I get knocked out, is anybody even going to be nice enough to put me in my car? You know, <laughs> but, but you get that fear, that away yeah. game fear. And a little bit of fear is good, you know. Um, instead of calling it fear, we'll call it arousal. You know what arousal does? It brings the best out of you. Remember, there's, there's a couple types of stress, right? There's you stress and distress. Stress is good, man. Stress is why I got out of bed every day and worked my ass off because I assumed that my opponent was doing the same thing, you know? Stress is not a bad thing. Stress yeah. makes you react. It's, it's just a signal, right? So you realize that, that when your heart rate rises, when your stomach shuts down and you get butterflies, that's because your body knows the deal. Your physiological, your, your, your snake brain, it knows what's up, man. It knows, you know what? I don't need blood in my stomach right now. I need that shit in my muscles. You know, why do you feel like all like weird? You feel in car accident speed, right? Like, <laughs> Now, the, the key is to not let that happen. This is something I did wrong. Not let that happen all day fight day. Because then when you get to the fight, you are taxed. You've been working at that, you know, the whole time. So you get up, fight day, you do your warm-up. You let those feelings come. 
and then you push them out and you go to your happy place with your friends. You know, I meet a lot of fighters. Um, th that's when the corner team becomes important because you want to be sit there joking and blah, 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 and it doesn't happen. Like you're not in the fight. You get to the arena. Hey, I'm still relaxed. Fight. Oh, there's a fight. It doesn't matter. Now, Somebody told me, a psychologist I got to speak with told me that tactile was the thing. So what I would use now is the second you start getting your hands wrapped, that's when we're in the fight. That's when we switch on, as you know, Coach Cav says. Switch on. Hey, it's time. Now we're in the fight. Now, instead of trying to redirect our thoughts to whatever we're doing at this very moment, we can look forward to that fight, to the things we need to do, and we can, you know, yeah, it's stressful. And I'm going to go fight this person. And then you have to look at it like, don't look at it, hey, somebody's going to kick you in the head as hard as they can. No, you get to kick somebody in the yeah. head as hard as you want, man. You get to do that to somebody. You know, it's like the old, I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me, son. Yeah. You know, that, that's the mentality. You have to kind of start thinking that, oh, you know what, they're real good at this, they're real good at that. Hey, you know what, I'm real good at it. I'm real good at this, too. And I bet, you know, in my head, I'd be like, yeah, third round, though going to be a little they're going to be a little slower i'm not you know so you have to find your psychological advantages and play them up yeah. just like you're going to play them up in the actual competition did, did you feel at any stage in your career um you just highlighted there that um you know there was times in your career that maybe you didn't abide by that was there anything in particular that you you know in any of your losses that you felt you know was maybe a mindset thing um Nah, not specifically, you know, yeah, I, I, I usually got outskilled or, you know, did, didn't train properly for the event I was training for, you know, you, you fought at heavyweight early in your career and yeah. to my, to my eye, you looked huge at light heavyweight. Did you yeah. cut a lot? So, you know, I would bounce around. So I'm naturally a skinny kid, but I used to love lifting weights. And, and, you know, I, I came up trying to play American football in college. And what do you do for that? I would eat 6,000 calories a day, every day. <laughs> I would, I would, you know, hit the weights three, four times a week, big time, you know, and, um, it, it just, it, it would depend. Right. So I had a tough time cause I actually broke my foot, but I could still like hit some mitts, but I couldn't do much road work. And I was lifting and hitting mitts. And as long as I didn't bounce my foot. Um, I was all right, and I got up to like 245. Uh, but, you know, I felt great for two minutes. Yeah. But, well, um, you, you know, I was actually a skinny kid that always ate his way up. Well, yeah. just before uh, we let you go, because we're uh, approaching the time limit here, and um, we always do quick fire questions with our guests. So, just a couple of quick fire questions for you before we let you go about your day Ice for cream. us. So, bananas. I, <laughs> well, there's no point asking the first question then. <laughs> yeah. um, Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? Uh, Mortal Kombat. Fine choice. Uh, Van Damme or Schwarzenegger? Uh, Schwarzenegger. Pineapple on pizza? Hell yes or hell no? I eh, it's fine. You're the only person that said that. Most like uh, Curtis Blades. Yeah. Yeah, he I, thought it was I, blasphemy. I, I'll I'll do it, but I don't love it. You know, it's like anal sex. I'll do it, but it's. Not <laughs> <laughs> Who is your toughest opponent? Man, you know. It's so hard to say, right? I mean, my best was maybe um, Anderson Silva was probably my best opponent, but that wasn't actually a tough fight because I was never really there. <laughs> Didn't even know what was going on. So, uh, man, I, I, I don't know. You know, my hardest fights were Stefan, the first Shogun. Um, when I gassed a lot in early that was really tough was, um, and I caught him some big shots and nothing happened was, uh, oh, I forget his name. Uh, the heavyweight, he fought uh, Tim Sylvia for the belt. Uh, good Jets guy, good wrestler. Oh, Jeff Monson. Jeff Monson. Yes, yeah, yeah. that, was, that was just one of those fights where you're like, all right, who's who's helping me to the locker room? I can't believe this game right now. <laughs> you, you won that by submission, didn't you? No, no, no. I won by decision. Decision, sorry. They, they, it was magic. So they, they were like, all right, you know what? Colts fight, we're going to do an overtime round. <laughs> and he was like, no. Let's go. I had If you could have... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. no, no. Just saying, if you could have any dream fight, you know, anyone from any era, any promotion, yeah. um, who would you pick? 
uh, you know, May circa Vanderlein. Prime oh. May, prime Vanderlein. In pride? Yeah, man, you know. Pride I rules. Know. I, I, I fought twice under that rule set. And uh, maybe three times under that rule set. And I did I did get the uh, the cross-eyed knee to the head. I had my hand on the guy's face and I need him on the head and his head flew like, and I was like, whoa, that's, that's right. <laughs> you have to give people in the head. Man. Um, if you could capture any superpower, what would you choose? Any superpower? Uh, I'd be Wolverine. He's always my favorite. You know, I want to recover because I'm so banged up, you know. <laughs> Adam back to, yeah, I want to be healthy, man. And uh, just, just the last question. Wolverine, be... Wolverine ain't going, getting COVID. His body will fight that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, in five years, Forrest Griffin will be? Uh, vice president at the UFC Performance Institute. <laughs> Trucking you... along, helping fighters uh, get the most out of their careers and, and, and helping the world of mixed martial arts to train in a more effective and scientific fashion. Forrest Griffin, thank you very much for taking the time. Yes, brilliant. Thank hey, you. Cheers. Cheers. So yes, that was a wonderful Forrest Griffin. Uh, what a gentleman for giving us his time. He's very kind with his time. And uh, yeah, what an awesome guy. Mel, what was it like talking to him? It's uh, a bit starstruck. That's the proper, it's like the first time I've ever really like, I wouldn't say fanboyed out, but like, it's weird. That's Forrest Griffin just looking at me on the computer. It's funny because... I didn't know this, but normally in the interviews, like, you know, we all talk. But I was, at, at, like, during the interview, was like, Mel, say something, bro, say something. But I didn't know that your Skype had, like, frozen. Yeah, it was balling up, so I sort of kept dipping in and out. So, yeah, apologies for not uh, adding more input there. But, yeah, could have just randomly shouted into the microphone over the top of him or yourself. <laughs> but yeah, probably but not it's, for the best. it's funny because, like... I was listening so intently to what he was saying, but then I was very aware that one of us needed to respond. But because we had no way to communicate, I was like, dude, you need to say something, man. <laughs> and then I didn't want to like hog the whole interview, which I ended up having to do because your Skype was garbled. So hopefully have him on again down the line. And uh, yeah, we were fortunate enough. Well, I was because unfortunately a prior engagement. Uh, I was lucky enough to be joined by Johnny Walker. So thought we'd include that in this episode for you as well. So yeah. Uh, Yes, enjoy. Uh, Jack from Superad MMA Show. I'm very pleased to be joined by Johnny Walker today. Johnny, how are you keeping? I'm really good. Keeping safe in quarantine with my family. Uh, I'm good. Just good. very boring, but I'm trying to survive this. Are you in Brazil currently then, yeah? Yeah, I'm in Brazil, Rio de Janeiro. How, how are you finding, um, obviously everywhere in the world seems to be in quarantine, how are you finding not being able to get back to the gym? Obviously, uh, you spoke after the uh, Krylov fight about you know wanting to go and fix some holes in your game with TriStar again. How is it not being able to get back to training? Uh, it's a little bit uh, hard because I want to come back and train, you know. To just have... It's a little bit sad because... I can't go anywhere. The airports, everything's locked. I cannot go to another country. I can't leave my home too much. I just go there to buy some food and come back. But I have mats in, in my garage and I have one gym key. So I'm trying to keep in my body in shape. Yeah. So, Johnny, you fought it heavyweight before. Um, a question that I don't know um, if I've seen you answer, and it's one I'm sort of keen to know, is. Do you, do you cut a lot of weight to get the light heavyweight? Because you look huge for light heavyweight. Yeah, let me see. 40-something pounds. 40-something? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of weight. Is is heavyweight something that you think I'm you would too, maybe... I'm too, I think I'm 240 right now, you know. Wow, so that that is big for light heavyweight. Um, it, do you think that the do you, do you think that the the weight cut is something that that is just part of the process, or do you think that it does impact your performance? Do you feel better at light heavyweight? Man, I feel really good. I feel very strong. I don't really know what happened that time because I have good gas. I have good condition, really good. I'm the last one to get tired on the gym, you know. I'm not sure what's happening. Maybe I can try to explain what I, know. I don't want to make excuse, you know. I just yeah, yeah. show you my, my thoughts. 
I have two two things maybe can happen. What's happened? Maybe the elevation altitude on Brasilia is like high altitude. Mm -hmm. Maybe ever 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 fights. Uh, they said they feel very tired. They feel hard to breathe. So it's not just me. Every mm -hmm. fights on the that card. They said that they feel something strange there. And another thing is, I'm, I'm training. You know, you have to condition in your body to use to be what you, you have to do during the fight. So I don't train. I train take down the fence. I train jujitsu. I train everything. But I, I think I don't train enough too much wow uh, work, you know, to make mm. this power, this power of my, my, my muscles. Like uh, when you hold something, what the name in English? I forgot. Uh, isometric power, yeah. you know. Maybe I get tired as well because I, I make so much power to defense takedown. And maybe less technique as well. Maybe I should use less power and more technique. Yeah. So I have a lot of things to think about. I don't use to be to do this type of power, like isometric. I don't train too much this technique. So I have a lot of things to think about because MMA is crazy, man. So many stuff you have to do, have to train. Yeah. So many people watch, they, they never get one punch in their face. You don't have to listen everybody. You have to listen people that know what they're talking about, you know. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of dif different stuff to think about. Is that is that where TriStar sort of comes in for you? Because obviously, uh, I saw um, I've been following you for a long time, um, pre UFC, and I saw that uh, that you sort of were around a lot of gyms. You were in SPG in Dublin. You you were at a couple of other gyms, and then settled in TriStar. Were you trying to find the right place, or did you always know that TriStar ultimately was where you wanted to to go? Yeah, I I, I give very little time to to feed us to help me to train and to to fix me you know so we need to work more he cannot fix all my life in two months you know he cannot teach me everything in two months less than two months i think six weeks or something like that mm -hmm. so uh, i need to give him more time to see what he can do for me he, he's a really good coach he have a lot of techniques and need more time yeah in six weeks he can fix me and teach me something so I, I like Tristar and I travel because I'm I'm a really I like to know people to feel people to understand I like to see new cultures. Uh, I appreciate friends I have friends in all the world you know this mm -hmm. is important for me many people care about me because yeah. I know them they know me I, this is important in my life building relationships with people this is most important thing for me then after that. I have to choose the right things for my career, you know, the right place to train. John Kavanaugh is a good, really good coach as well. I, if I give him time, he can teach me and train me, then I can be a champion there. If I mm -hmm. give Fidel a hard time, he can teach me, I can be a champion there. I just have to choose one, one place. Nobody's better than the other one. Everybody yeah. has your own technique, you know. It, they just need time. I don't give nobody time to teach me. I don't give myself time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I start to be a fighter after I'm, I'm 20, 22, no, 20, yeah, 21, 22 years old. I, I start to be a, a fighter. It's very old for, for a fighter, you know? Everything yeah. is new. Now I start to understand more fight. Now I, I like almost black belt. I think I'm black belt in, in Muay Thai, you know, and almost black belt in Jiu Jitsu as well. So I'm still building myself a fighter, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's it. Is the is the wrestling something like you sort of said? You know the the cage work and the I suppose the more wrestling orientated stuff. Is that is that where you see that hole in your game that you refer to? Um, is it is it predominantly wrestling then? Because you know the positions that you ended up in in the Krylov fight, you know, were were they weren't necessarily exclusively jiu-jitsu. It was more more wrestling orientated. So is it yeah. is it wrestling more than jiu-jitsu that you're sort of keen to to try and build on? Yeah, because jiu-jitsu, he cannot submit me. I have, I have very good jiu-jitsu, better than him. But I, do, I didn't train too much as well. I have to practice to, to, to my body get this conditioning. I don't train too much jiu-jitsu as well, but I have good jiu-jitsu. I have so good because he, he cannot submit me. He cannot, uh, he don't hurt me too much because I, I know how to defend myself. 
He have good control in Western, so I I need get this control Western. I need get the Western conditioning because you see Khabib don't get tired, man. Because Western, you, you have so much good conditioning. You use your whole body to make power during five minutes. You know, you use your legs, your abs, your back, your arms to hold the guy on the floor. You know, so I think for for me, I need Western conditioning and West Western techniques. But I'm a striker. Mm-hmm. I have to train my strength. I can knock people out. Nobody want to fight stand-up game with me. They no. know I'm going to knock them out. So I have to keep my strength strength, and grow my weakness, my Wesley. I know Wesley, but I don't know enough. I don't train enough. Yeah. So I have to, to bring with me. Man, it's very complicated. So many things you have to do to be a yeah, champion. Yeah. I have to train Jiu-Jitsu. I have to train my strike. I have to train Wesley. I have to build everything together, you know. But my strength, I am striking. I cannot forget my striking because my strike is my my main weapon, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, you trained in um, in England for quite some time as well, and fought in England. Um, and I mean, we we are in Northern Ireland in in the United Kingdom, and wrestling not not so big here. Um, did you notice when you were in the UK training and fighting that that the wrestling was of a lower level than what you might perhaps get in TriStar or or elsewhere? Yeah, I have to build in what is my weakness. So in 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 UK don't have like big Western names, big West Olympic uh, winners, you know. So I, I I'm going to Russian when the, the airport start open again. I'm going to Russia because I have a good friend there in, in Moscow. What I what I did my uh, competing for Cody Anderson, I'd be very good West, very good West condition mm-hmm. because uh, Cody cannot take me down. Yeah. He tried, but he surprised me with his punch, you know. So I have to build everything again like that, but don't forget the punch, the strike, you know, because he surprised me because the, because he's striking me. But he cannot take me down. He's a good wrestler. He can't yeah. take me down, you know. So I have to bring everything together. I'm going to Russia after here when open. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to Trista. I'm gonna need three months maybe in Russia, three months in Trista. Then I'm gonna be ready to fight. Excellent. Do you, do you have anyone on on your agenda or any any names on your hit list or or just whoever the UFC want to put in front of you? I don't understand. Do you have someone an opponent that you would like next, or is it just whoever uh, the UFC? Man, I don't want to rush now. Uh, I should don't fight Corey that time. I should don't fight Nikita now as well. Because I'm not ready. I lost because I'm not ready for them. So mm-hmm. I need some... I'm really good. I'm, I, I can be a champion one day, but I have to... Everything's happened so quickly, man. Because I, I accept the fight, then I beat everybody, then I see I can beat Jones. I can beat Jones, but not now. I need more experience. I need train more. I need to be ready for this, you know? So I want to fight guys very low rank. I want to build in my 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 Your time. all my my weakness, my time, everything again, no? Because I want to be there. I will be there. I know I will, but I don't want to rush because I rush. Look what happened. I lost two times. So I well, want to take you're... my time and do the right things now. Your attitude is is commendable because you know you've said you don't want to make excuses and you've also said uh, I think it was to Michael Bisping after the fight that you know you got three rounds of experience in the Krylov fight and that that attitude and what you've just said I think is is that is a championship mentality where you can address things the correct way. We see the UFC rush people quite often. Um, you came in and had a, a good, a really, really impressive run. Uh, did you feel pressure from the UFC to to take the bigger fights, or was it because you were winning you wanted the, the bigger fight with Krylov? Yeah, I want because I believe myself. And UFC, they don't know wh- where I come from, what's my background, when I start training, they don't know. They just see when I'm fights. They don't have a relationship with me. They don't know nothing about me. And they see I'm knocking people out. They think I can beat John Jones, maybe, you know. But I have to build in myself first, you know, as a martial arts fighter. Then I want to be ready for this. So they rush me a little bit. But my mistake, because I have no experience to, to say no, to, say if I, to see if I'm ready or not. I don't have the experience. Now I know. My host, I know what I can do. I have potential to be a champion. 
but I have to build it myself first. Not just, mm-hmm. just the potential cannot uh, put me there. No, I have to build, I have to, to train, I have to learn, I have to deserve to be there. So I don't deserve yet. I have to train hard, I have to beat another guy to deserve to be a champion, you know? Just, uh, we'll, we'll not keep you too much longer, Johnny, and appreciate you very much giving up your time. Um, just to, to get your thoughts on the, the John Jones news, did, did you have any sort of reaction when you read that, or, or do you not really get involved with things like that? Man, uh, it's really sad. You, you don't know what's happened in his life. You don't know what's happened. Yeah. Nobody knows in yeah. his own life, his family, what his problem. I, I'm not judging him because I'm not God. And yeah, yeah. I cannot say nothing bad about him because I don't know what's passing in his life. I don't yeah. know what's going on in his life. Maybe maybe he's right, maybe he's wrong, but I cannot judge him. It's really sad because I want him doing good in his life, in his career, because he, he can hold the belt. Because my dream is fight him for the belt, you know, one day. So I hope he can stop doing this type of shit because you, you can you can stop yourself to doing shit, you know? You, you can think better, you can make choice. You can choose the right way. So mm-hmm. I hope he, he learn from this and he try to don't do more shit because one day he cannot, he can go to the prison forever, you know? So yeah. he have just to make the right choice. I, 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 sh- I like him, he seems like a, a good guy. So I yeah. hope he don't make a mistake anymore. And, Build his life good, take care of his family, and don't do more mistakes and shit. Because I want to fight him one day. Yeah, so. that's. I mean, that's that's a fight I think everybody'd like to see. Um, and it's a fight that, as you say, if you just keep keep doing what you're doing and address what you feel are the holes in your game, you know, you have such tremendous physicality that um, you know, I, I think that'd be a great matchup. Um, just just before we go, um, we're gonna ask you some quick questions, um, which we ask all of our guests. Um, so, Street Fighter, Tekken, or Mortal Kombat? Street Fighter and what? Tekken or Mortal Kombat? Man, I think the first game that I that I play is Mortal Kombat, but I really like uh, Street Fight. I, I I like more Street Fight. Cool. Um, Claude Van Damme, Jean-Claude Van Damme, or Arnold Schwarzenegger? Who's the first one? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh-huh. Or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, <laughs> man, <laughs> this, this is the thing that you can choose. Maybe I can, if, if I can put the Jean-Claude Van Damme skills in Charles Neger, I want to choose one of Charles Neger with Van Damme skills. I like it. Um, Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Pineapple. On pizza? On pizza. Yes, no problem. Uh, who's been your toughest opponent so far? So your toughest fight? My, my tough? Toughest opponent. Hardest opponent. Man. Uh, I don't know his name. He's a Polish guy. The strongest guy in the world ever <laughs> man I the, 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 the Polish event make one I'm trying to find him to show you the, the Polish event tried to fuck me up they said one week before they waiting they said me, hey you don't need to make the weight I'm with 98 kilos dropping down to 92 they said the guy don't gonna make the weight you have to stop to make your diet I said, why? No, he, we have one week. He can try. I want to make my way. Why not? Then he said, no, no, the guy can't. Of course the guy can't make the way. He had 119 kilos. Wow, huge then. I don't know I don't know how much in, in, in pounds, but maybe 260-something. Man, the guy's my size, but strong. <laughs> Let, give you a little bit of time, I'm going to show you. Man, this is the hardest fight ever. The guy take me down. I just can't move my eye. It's very pressure, very, very strong. But I knock him out in the second house. Oh, I just man. do this. In the whole fight, the whole fight, I just defense myself and give you one knee in his, in his chin. Just this. Then I, then I won the fight. It's crazy, man. Crazy. But he get tired. Then I can stand up and give a fly in his face. Then where where was that fight? 
in England, in Southampton. Oh, my my, uh, my sister actually lives in Southampton, so there you go. Yeah, I used to live there as so well. I just, I'm going to send you the name, the guy, then you can take a look after. Let yeah, well, I will definitely look him up. I have to see the, the his name is Polish, uh, Black, I don't know, let me check. Yeah, if you send me through his name, I'll, I'll certainly have a look. Um, yeah, I'm going to send you. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could, uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I see some action figures behind you there. Superpower. Yeah, I see. <laughs> if you could have one, <laughs> they're so cool. Yeah. I would like to have the power to take off the badness in people. That's a nice if answer. If I can make people good, why I need superpower? True. For nothing. I take the badness. I make this guy good. I make this guy good. Have no war. Have no disease. Have no people jealous against each other. So finish all the problem. Take off the badness. If I can clean the people, no? Boom. Um, this is my superpower. In five years, Johnny Walker will be... Retired. In five years? I want to retire as soon as possible. Get the belt, go to the heavyweight, get another belt and finish my career. Take care of my family, have your kids, you know, enjoy my life, look after my the people that I love. Well, just, just before you go, do you think that we could ever see you at heavyweight in the UFC? Is it something you'd be interested in? Or yeah, I, I, yeah? yeah, I will be there after, after light heavyweight. I will be, because I have... I'm tall enough, I'm strong enough, and I'll be there, but not now. Yeah, perfect. Well, look, Johnny, thank you very much for uh, for joining us on Super Ad MMA Show. As always, I have been Jack from Super Ad MMA, joined by my brother, Mel Brown, also of Super Ad MMA Show fame. So if you enjoyed the show, please make sure to follow us at Twitter. Uh, at Twitter? Follow us on Twitter, at Super Ad MMA Show. You can get us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Super Ad MMA. Instagram at SuperAdMMA. Um, I think that's pretty much all our socials, Mel, isn't it? As far as I know, could be a couple of fake accounts out there, maybe. And obviously our OnlyFans. Yeah, that's up and coming. Get them people, nudes, reasonably are, priced nudes. People are reasonably priced. Get your fresh hot nudes here. Two for Three. one nudes here. Uh, so yes, thanks for joining us in this week's episode of the Jack and Mel Super Ad MMA Show, and uh, as always, peace. <laughs>